Off the Groove with Scotty Dubler. Friday, October 16th, 2020, episode number 156. Can you believe the season is over after this weekend? I, I can't even believe it. It seems like we just started, Carter. It does seem like it was just like March, like a week ago. <laughs> March. What? That, seem, that March seems like a long time ago. I'm talking about the season just started in July, and it feels like just a few weeks ago. Yeah. This whole year has just been awkward, though. So we're just rolling with it, dude. And, you know, we got two more races this weekend, and then things just slow down for us a little bit. We're still working every week. You know, we still do this 52 weeks a year. We never slow down. Going on almost three full years of delivering a show every week. It is almost three full years before I came to your house after the Savannah Fall Race. I'm telling you. And hung out and met Winnie Cooper, and we uh, <laughs> put our brainstorm together sure. and had our first podcast. And we still don't know what the hell we're doing, but we're, uh, we've are we got a bunch we're of episodes in our belt. We're having fun. Yeah, we, we still don't know what the hell we're doing, but we do know one thing. We're having fun doing it, for sure. So once this season ends, we got to get, um, we got a few things we got to do for our patrons. Shout out to our patrons. They're uh, they're seeing all the extra content and digging it, which I, I think they're digging it. I'm done with my moto season. You'll be done with your flat track after this week. You got a, a few things in the off season that you might be working on, but uh, but we'll have a little bit more time to uh, blow up this Patreon page and uh, have some fun there in the off season for sure. Absolutely. We appreciate all of our patrons and we look forward to more and we'll get some fresh content out to you uh, next week. And they uh, the patrons... Carter actually get to, to hear the podcast a day early. Sometimes That's just one of the benefits. Sometimes it's two days early. This week it might be two Whoa. days early. Yeah. Whoa! I know. Breaking news. It's just been nuts, right? I was home what two days last week, so I'm amazed that I even got two podcasts out. Um, was able to turn them around and uh, got them out in a little twelve hours, I think. So it wasn't a full day before, but it's still before the regular public gets to see it, and they get all the fun little extras, like little. Uh, tidbits from you at track you know all, all the house. crazy things you did at ricky rackman's house Ooh, Ooh, man not, that was fun let's not get into that i had a good time um yeah and that kind of stuff so i mean and there'll be more of that right as we get into the off season you won't see you know stuff from the track every week so uh it'll probably be good to, to get onto this patreon stuff and see what we got going on we're going to be tapping into the flat track world uh throughout the off season i uh have some crazy stuff going on with Corey. might be doing some stuff with johnny lewis in the off season so um and you've got a full plate of stuff that you got going on too so hop in hop on now it's uh it's a lot of fun we're, we're building this thing and it's gonna be amazing Let's talk about Charlotte just a little bit. I went in a, a day or two early, actually two full days early, hung out with Ricky Rackman, and he took me around. We met some really cool people, and uh, Ricky was on the podcast last week with us, which was really cool. We actually recorded it in his studio in the upstairs of his house, and I just want to thank Ricky for the hospitality. He's on the Ricky's ride. On the, He's riding his motorcycle down to Daytona this week to continue on his uh, raising money for his charities that he does every year. He's a cool dude, man, and I just really appreciate his time. Probably going by my house right about now, right? Like, what is it, Wednesday? He's probably halfway down. No. He probably is. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, hey, Ricky. Hey, I'm waving to him. Hey, Ricky. Um, no, hey. super cool. We've actually got a lot of comments on Ricky. Uh, a lot of people didn't really know the background and, and all the other stuff that he had done, which is crazy because I thought everybody knew like all the stuff he'd, he'd done. But yeah, I guess if you're just a racing person, you don't watch MTV in the 80s. You don't, you don't, or 90s. You don't know that kind of stuff. But um, good to, always good, like I said always good to get to know everybody in our flat track community not just the riders um there's there's people that, that don't even throw a leg over a bike that are just as valuable or more valuable uh to to the 
the flat track community as, as, as well so and we had some requests to talk to some tech officials Ooh. so we'll try to get that uh, taken care of we also have a, a big name in our sport that is on board to sit down and talk with me and uh we might be talking to some royal infield people here so a little tease what's coming up in the next few weeks uh let's again let's talk about the charlotte half mile we only got one day of racing in uh that hurricane came through hurricane delta i guess and kind of messed everything up for saturday but the track was fast. It was really wet, and it made for some great racing on Friday night. Let's start with the Super Twins. Yeah, because somebody, somebody saved you from having to shave your head. And it wasn't my head. I'm telling you, we yeah. got this confused. Carver is not my head. Carver was my eyebrows. I said if Carver doesn't win, I'll shave my eyebrows because I was, I love Fisher, and I was confident that Fisher was going to win because I was going to shave my head if he didn't, and that's still on the table. You think no, it's my beard, I, though. You think it's my head and my beard. beard. One of them was your head. No, I'm telling you, because I made the bet, and I instantly regretted saying eyebrows. I don't know why you heard head or beard when I said eyebrows. Maybe maybe because they're both on your head. I don't know. But I wrote it down on my dry erase board <laughs> right here in front of my But the bet was, if Carver didn't win, I had to shave my eyebrows. And I was getting a little nervous. I still felt confident. I, the, I already got the razor. I wanted to Daytona with me. I still felt pretty confident that he'd get one. But, man, it was getting down to the last four. And then he won on, on Friday. And I missed it. I didn't see it live. I had to watch it back on the uh, NBC, man. I, I was, uh, it, it was actually great. in the air you flying. Have, yeah. God, the race between Meese and Breyer... They were not cutting any, anybody any slack. Oh, I watched it. They're going in there yeah. and riding. They were riding. Maybe I, w- I would say maybe a little dirty. <laughs> they were blocked really? passing each other. There's no love lost between those two, even though they don't talk about it. But what that did, Carter, is it slowed them down. Hundred percent. Carver, Carver was getting faster. I'm not saying that that's why Carver won. Carver's getting faster every lap. He found a different line. Yep. There was no groove, so I can't say he went off the groove. But he was going in higher, squaring off the corner. And he found his mojo. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was good to see him win. 100%. And Brian Bigelow that, in the pit, in the, in the, on the podium, the first time as a team owner. How cool is that, man? Dude, like, I mean, that's, I, what, I sent, that's what they race for. I sent Bigelow a note, man. It, it's just so cool to see the effort that they've put in. You know, it's 100%, you know, supported by fans and, and you know, other other people, that, that whole Happy Trails Racing deal. And we even had one of our fans who uh, was nice enough to know, they knew that I was such a big fan that they actually paid for Off the Groove to be on the helmet and do do that kind of stuff. So it's just super cool, man. To see them win a race with the with the effort that they put in, it, it's it's awesome because you know that they've, they've really busted their ass, especially Brian Bigelow. How many times have you heard people talk about how, like, they see Brian and he's like, oh, hey, and then he just goes right to the garage and just sits in, working on the bike, like, that that's all he does so um you know that he he really loved to get that win and carver too um so good all the all around and uh yeah you you're not lying man the racing between Mies and briar it's gonna be awesome and i can't wait to see what happens this weekend in daytona you know we go to daytona and we're gonna keep talking about the super twins class for just a second because Mies and briar neither one have won at the daytona short track i mean the last few years we've been going to the daytona tt interesting they both want to win there they both want to win at the short track Mies has 53 grand national wins none of them at the daytona short track which i, I never would have imagined until i did my notes hmm. that is super interesting it's going to be really really crazy to see those super twins on that short track it's going to be exciting it's going to the track i'm really worried about it holding up because there's going to be three classes plus the royal infield girls so call that four classes twin motorcycles i think they're going to tear that track apart hopefully they got it packed in really really tight and we have some good racing i just uh i'm I'm a little worried about it 
but I wouldn't we'll be too see. worried, man. It's been, I mean, that's right in their backyard. They've had all year. They know that, that it's going to come there. So they've had all year to look at it. I'm sure they're prepared. I'm sure that they've got uh, people looking at it. And, um, you know, sometimes it, it uh, things do happen with the track and, uh, I'm sure they'll make the most of it if it does. Uh, but, but yeah, man, I, I think, uh, I think it's going to be fun. It's going to be some, there's going to be a lot of bumping, a lot of banging, um, some attitudes, mm-hmm. I think towards the end of the season, uh, cause super twins are really the only one that thinks really racing for a championship. I think the other two are obviously singles is locked up and production twins is pretty much locked up too, but that doesn't mean there won't be some good, good action there as well. Um, but yeah, I'm most looking forward to those those super twins on that short track for sure, and watching Mies and, and Briar duke it out for these last two. There's only nine point difference between those those two, and Jared hates having that number nine on his number plate. He wants that one back, so he's gonna he's gonna do what he can to win it. Let's uh, let's back up again to Charlotte and Corey. Corey's <laughs> doing what he had to do to win the championship. He went out there and won the race. And he looked so good all night long. He did. He looked super smooth, just like he did in Atlanta. But it was more impressive because it looked, you know, looking at other races and, and the earlier heats and, and qualifying races, uh, Charlotte didn't look like a, a smooth, you know, nice, slick track. It looked kind of bumpy. Like, it, there looked like there was parts of it where you could just catch you off guard and, like, really throw you off. So, like, for for Cordy still look smooth and, and have that, that ride and, and get that, that lead... Uh, over everybody else um it's pretty impressive man absolutely and then of course in the singles class dallas daniels man the kid has won six in a row he got a bad start worked his way up there and took the lead and and man he he's just he's on it right now i mean there's no there's you can't you can't even say anything else like he's 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 dominant i mean because and even the races that he's not you know out front and leading every lap he he almost still seems like he's in control because he just turns it on right there at the end what he did it in atlanta he did it last weekend in charlotte um again almost identical um and, and there's nothing it seems like anybody can do about it like they can't stop him and and we've talked about this before we started recording chris he he's won six races in a row yeah. eight total and we thought at the beginning of the season we might have a, a winner at every round and only a few people have, have beat him. Yeah. Bruner beat him. Wiles beat him. Rush did beat him once. And Maxwell won the, the season opener when, when, when Dallas didn't make the main event. Other than that, he hasn't hardly been beat. I mean, you can even argue that they didn't beat him. He kind of beat himself those races too, right? So, like, it's – I mean, it, it, it for for him to be 17 years old um, and, and able to, to do what he's doing on a motorcycle with a talent in that series, yeah, it's – we had high expectations, and he's exceeded them, which is unreal, right? Um, I think there's no other option for this episode, right? We have to talk Dallas this week. Absolutely. Before we get into the episode, I've got a few nuggets. Not very many nuggets, the Hollywood nuggets. Are you ready? Is this for Daytona? Daytona this weekend. Hell yeah, hit me with them Daytona nuggets, son. All right. So, since we're going back to the Daytona short track... I picked your brain a little bit, and the first year you worked for us was 2016. That was the last year at the track we're going to, which is just outside turn number one of Daytona International Speedway. A little bitty short track with some white moon dirt is what they call it because it's not like anywhere else we go. Moon dirt! (laughs) They made it to look like the old stadiums. We used to race at two other short tracks down there in Daytona. And so I, I got my notes together just for this weekend on the riders that are current with us there are seven riders that are with us that won their first ever grand national at daytona at a short track not not particularly the one we're going to 
But how about this? Brian Smith won his first Grand National short track at Daytona. His first Grand National. These are first Grand National wins. I, I think I can name two more. I bet you can. Cause... Sammy Halbert? No. Oh. He won, I think, when, in 2016, but I'm not sure. He, he's won down there quite a few times. Uh, Jake Johnson? Uh, no, he's won down there a few times. He's won there well. a lot. I thought he would have got a... No, shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. I guess I can't. So there's... There's four in the premier class. We got Smith in 06. You got Mikey Rush in 07. Johnny Lewis Ooh. in 2012. Okay. He didn't make any friends that night. Just going <laughs> to leave it at that. In 2013, <laughs> I heard about Brandon that, Robinson got his first win. Wow. Okay. So cool. there's a little bit more. What? In the support class, we can say AFT singles class or GNC2 class, Brad the Bullet Baker, who is my announcing partner, he won back in 2009, and okay. so did... James the Rocket Rispoli. If you think back, we've always or usually ran two nights of racing down there in Daytona. So Brad won his first race as a, I think that was GNC2 that year, and Rispoli won the next night. Huh. Then, fast forward a few years, 2015, Andrew Luker got his first win there. And 2016, Dalton Gautier won your first year working with us. That I was his first career that. win. Yeah, that was his very first win, huh? In AFT. How about that? It was my, it was probably my first uh, live attendance of a national flat track race too. That's pretty crazy. And, and then, and then we had to go in the truck and pick your jaw up off the desk and <laughs> reattach it to your face. <laughs> yeah, but that's not because of the racing. It was just everything else that I was experiencing in that first event. <laughs> no, there's a lot going on. No, there is, and there always is. Um, no, dude, that that's definitely uh, when, when I caught the bug. Uh, when I saw it in person, for sure. Um, but yeah, man, it, that's that's crazy. You got any more nuggets, or is that it for Daytona? That's it. But just just to ease your mind, Sammy Halbert's first Grand National victory was in 2007 at the Castle Rock TT, mm. Castle Rock, Washington. Mm. You know, we haven't had him on for an episode and talked to him about that. That's why I don't know that off the top of my head, I guess. But he did win in Daytona, right? Yes, he has won a few times at Daytona. And Jake has won a lot correct you make me get my notes out do you think that jake's gonna win this weekend my wild card this weekend pearson Ooh, i like it because because the track's gonna be rough and that's when pearson always goes to the front if you're done with the nuggets let's get into this week's episode because i've been waiting to hear from this dude all year about his first championship scotty parker no who he's the most recent flat tracker to win one Oh, Dallas Daniels. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you caught me off guard. Yeah, we talked to him before he started racing. I think we even checked in with him, you know, after his first win um, in after Peoria last year. But he's gone and, and won his first uh, singles championship, and we're not even done with the season. So uh, why don't we check in with him before we uh, head down to Daytona and see what he's got going on? Call him up. Let's do it. Hello? Is this the 2020 AFT singles champ, Dallas Daniels? Uh, yeah, what's up, man? Nothing, man. How are you? I, uh, I actually am uh, in Daytona. I was swimming. That's why I missed your guys' first call. Hanging out are with you, family a little bit. Are, are you are you celebrating already, or are you celebrating still? Oh, no. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of hard for us to celebrate because, you know, it was the first night at charlotte so we all went out to dinner and then uh the next night we we all went out to a real nice dinner like the whole team and celebrated it so no uh, we're not 
you know, I'm kind of going to wait to, you know, really celebrate my friends and family till I get home because I still want to win these last two races. So, no, we just uh, we had all of our work done earlier this week, and we're, uh, my mom and sister got in yesterday, so I've just been hanging out with them a little bit and just relaxing. That's cool. You know, most people ask, did it hit you, or have you thought about it yet? But I want to know, when did it hit you? Um, I knew I had to win the race to win the championship if Max were to get second or, you know, whatever after that, I don't, they would have had to configure the points, but, um, I crossed the finish line. I was just happy to win another race. And when I came around to all my crew, they were, you know, they were obviously super excited because, you know, we won the championship and that's kind of when it set in. And unfortunately they couldn't find the helmet. So I couldn't take anybody on a virtual lap. And I kind of just soaked it all in on that lap. And, when I came in and they were handing out the championship t-shirts and we were all putting them on, I was giving hugs to everybody. I kind of, you know, we all kind of started shedding tears and it was, uh, that's kind of when it set in was on that victory lap. And when I got to the podium, that's so cool, man. You, you just gave me goosebumps right now, man. Just congratulations. Did you think going into the season that you were going to win the championship? Is that, did you have that in mind? Well, uh, I mean, after I had a really good rookie, you know, debut season, I made every main event I entered and I, you know, I won a race, had a few podiums, few top fives. And, uh, you know, me and my dad, usually before the season starts, we like to set a few goals and yes, my goal a hundred percent was to win the title. Um, but after that Volusia one, I definitely, uh, I definitely was questioning myself of whether I could do it or if I was capable. And, um, it was, uh, it was definitely a, uh, not a, it was a bad day for sure, but honestly, I think it might've been the best thing ever for my career in a sense, because I, I had to learn to deal with a really bad day really quickly and try to turn it around. And I don't, I mean, it couldn't have gone any better for sure. You know, I mean, we won the main event the next day. So then, you know, we kind of went to India and we struggled a little bit. We didn't get on the podium either days and won the first day I was 10th. So it was like, you know, even then I'm like, man, like what's going on? Like just, you know, we weren't having the, the season that I thought we were going to have even after winning a race. And then when we went to Springfield or, you know, we won the race and, and got fifth and I was like, okay, now we're kind of on a roll. And then when we went to Williams Grove and we were up front all day, both days, every session we went out, I was like, yeah, this is, this is where we should be. You know, this is where the bike should be and where I should be. So it was just, uh, after that, you know, we were able to take the points lead at Williams Grove. And then I knew from then on, I just had to maintain and really from Williams Grove on, it's been a fairy tale almost, you know? Yeah. I, I was going to ask you a few of those questions that you just covered right there, but so I back up just a second. What did happen at, at Volusia night number one? Were you just overconfident or did you have mechanicals? Did you miss a setup? What happened? No, there wasn't no mechanical, no missing the setup. The team had the bike spot on. Uh, to be honest, 100%. I think the problem was is I went. We did a lot of off-season races as a as a whole team um, before the season started. That like all the all the guys went to, you know, all the front runners. So it's pretty much like a national. And I I pretty much won everything I went to except a few. You know, like the Travelers Rest, went to Terre Haute. I did some other races by myself and. I think, uh, you know, the practice day before Volusia, I was fastest pretty much all day. And I was like, you know, I kind of, I think I just came in with a little bit too big of a head for sure. Um, and it was kind of a, a big wake up call, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Friday, I, when I found myself, I was in like fourth, fifth 
And then I got past, and I was in eighth or ninth. I just like I started making these bonehead moves, trying to pass people around the outside on a one-line groove. And I mean, obviously, we saw how it worked out. It was just I don't know what I was doing. Like I literally came in and I took my helmet off and I sat down, and I was like, "What just happened?" Like I'm trying to win this championship. I'm probably on the best team, and I'm on the best singles bike there is out there. The best team, and I didn't qualify for the main event. Like, what am I doing? And I. I like I let I watched the main event and I studied everybody and me and my, you know, pretty much my rider coach, my right hand man Johnny Lewis. We just we talked, and everybody uh, everybody's like, don't let it bother you. But I mean, uh, it was bothering me big time. And you know, when you have a bad day, the, you want to get back on the track like immediately. So you just want another shot. And I'll tell you, that night and that morning took forever to get back onto the track and. And then we, you know, the next day was obviously much better, but it was a, yeah, it was definitely a headache day for all of us. I mean, we all just were kind of scratching our heads. Like, what well, we knew what happened, but it's like, why did I let that happen? You know, and I, I'll never let it happen again. That's for sure. So you're pretty thankful for the double header then, right? Yeah. <laughs> the, the double headers have saved me a few times this year, to be honest, even at, a, at Indy, I sucked big time the first day and, you know, kind of helped me rebound the next day. And yeah, if it wasn't for the double headers, I definitely, I don't know if I'd be the champion right now for sure. So tell me about this, you know, as an amateur, you don't get to run on the miles very often. So do you, do you maybe give your 10th place finish on the first night at the Indy mile because you don't have a lot of mile experience? Um, no, not necessarily. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I, I usually like the miles. I did pretty well on uh, DeCoin as an amateur, and then I uh, podium Minnesota last year and did good at Meadowlands and Sacks. So, I mean, I don't think it's for a lack of mile experience. I mean, I think when I went to Indy, I was trying to do the same thing I was at uh, Volusia, sort of, you know, because if we remember in practice, it was kind of like a cushion. I actually fast qualified. And then in the semi, it literally one lap, it was a cushion. And the next lap you had to ride right on the groove. And I kept trying to ride the cushion. And luckily I, you know, smacked myself in the head and I'm like, come on, just get back, get it. Now we just got to get into the main event. It's not try to win the thing. So I got into the main event and then, but then by then it's too late, you know? So it's like, I think there I was kind of just not using my head. And then from then on, I was like, you know, I finally kind of picked it up the next day for sure. But no, I think, it, I think it was just me not, not using my head, honestly, basically the same thing as Volusia. Okay. So Springfield short track, two races, two semis, two main events, all in the same day. How hard was that physically and mentally? Um, definitely, uh, physically it was, it was tough just because Springfield's a physically demanding track anyway. And, uh, not to mention it was super rough, um, in the middle of one and two, like, you know, almost fucked me off one time and Mikey fell down there and, you know, obviously we, uh, all pretty much everybody in the singles class, all the front runners, we trained pretty hard and we're all in pretty good shape. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't too taxing on the body, but definitely afterwards it was, uh, you know, we were definitely tired for sure, but you know, mentally tough, honestly, I kind of like having all that racing for me. Like I grew up going to races, riding three, four classes, two different bikes, all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't, the racing wasn't mentally tough on me. If anything, I liked it, but, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously we had a very good first main event. The second main event, we kind of struggled a little bit with uh, the track. We ended up fifth. The track kind of slickened off a little bit. They didn't dig it up like they did in the first one, and I kind of struggled on it for, 
you know, whatever reason. I think we just we kind of had our setup one way, and we weren't ready for it to go that way. So, but fifth was definitely a a good finish still for us. So first and a fifth at Springfield. Then we go to Williams Grove. You mentioned that a minute a, min, a moment ago. A second and a first. So I came down out of the tower and I found your dad after that win at Williams Grove, and I think he was the most proud of you up in the, in, in the season at that race because you went and you found a new line that second night during the race. And as a rider, how hard is that to do to stop going in the same place over and over and go look for a fast way around? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely tough. It, it all goes back to my uh, Volusia thing. You know, I've uh, been learning all year and been trying to improve as a rider. And there, you know, the first night the track was as the sun went down, it got really racy, and we were we were running way farther up on the racetrack, and I was running the bottom all day because it was a one-line groove, and I led the first few laps, so obviously when you're leading, you think everything's going good, and then I got passed by a few guys, and I was falling back, and I was about a half straightaway behind in fourth, and I was like, okay, i got to start doing what these guys are doing, and I, you know, I flipped that switch, and then I caught back up to him, and I was able to salvage a second out of it for me mm-hmm. and Mikey, first essence and one-two. So that was a huge moment for me. You know, it looked like just a, you know, I sat on pole, I got second, like, you know, people probably thought, yeah, he should have won the thing, but that was like a big deal for me because I really grew, I grew as a rider like big time that night. I was actually thinking while I was racing. And from then on, I mean, I've always, every time I go out on the track, I got plan A and B and sometimes even plan C, you know, if plan A doesn't work. we got to have a backup plan. And that night uh, I was able to do it. And then the next night, you know, end up winning the main event. So that was definitely a really good weekend for me as a rider, for sure. Absolutely. And then we go to the Devil's Bowl, back-to-back wins on a very tricky track. Uh, Your dad and I raced each other several times at that track. How did you figure that track out so fast? Uh, To uh, to be honest, you know, I watched a lot of video of uh, people there, you know, car racing, but, uh, I mean, it was kind of hard to compare, you know, what, what the track was going to be like because uh, cars are obviously much different than us. Um, but really, just from first practice, I, I really liked the track. I liked the layout. I kind of liked how it was a little bit rough. The groove had a lot of grip on it. Um, you know, it's kind of a weird layout going uphill into one and two and being all the way uphill. Then you kind of come down into three and four, and it tightens up. And I just I really liked the track. And I think every time on the track, we just got better and better and better. And I mean, you know, the first night we won by a good distance, and the next night we won by even more of a distance. And, I mean, it was just like kind of a a dream weekend. Just everything was working really good. We didn't really change much on the bike. Pretty much what we unloaded with was uh, that's what we ran. You know, we changed gearing a few times because the track was shaped a little weird. We were shifting. Um, but, I mean, it was just everything was just clicking, and it it felt good to have that kind of weekend where everything just fell right into place, and it was going really well. After the race, you uh, came towards the fans, and there, you know, there was quite a few fans there. And you, you found a little boy on the front straightaway and gave him your hat. And then we talked later. That little boy is actually my cousin's son, and he thought that was the coolest thing in his whole life. And and then the second night, he had an Essence shirt on, and you did the exact same thing. Did you know it was the same little boy? Uh, yeah, yeah, I knew who he was. It was it's funny you say that because uh, I think I gave one hat to a. I had one kid, and then I tried. I think I gave him another one, or, you know, either the same one. And it was funny because the first night I jumped up there, 
I was going to give him the hat, and I was like, do you want this? And he just kind of stared at me, and I was like, yeah, you do. And I put it under the <laughs> fence, and he didn't know what to do. It was, right. it was really it was really cool. The fans liked it, but, I mean, I just – it all it just reminds me of when I was a kid like I just dreamed of having them guys that close to me and I just it was it was funny because in the first time in my short career I saw myself standing at the fence like right. he's gonna come up to me he's gonna come up to me he's gonna give me his hat <laughs> and because that's all I ever wanted and you know just try to give back to the little kids in the sport I think that's cool it, it was really cool we uh you know, we had a family get together on Sunday, and he had both of his hats with him, and he was not letting them out of his sights or out of his hands the whole day, and he was just so happy, and all he could talk about was how you gave him the hat. And so you made this little boy's weekend, and I, I just really want to say thanks to, to you for being that that kid that's giving back to another kid. I think that's really cool. So you might have just inspired a, a new racer. I think that's really awesome. Let's, uh, let's move on to Atlanta, back-to-back wins, but you had your hands full with the big number 13 morgan mishler i think he he thought he had it dialed in and, and uh, you put an aggressive pass on him on the last lap to win the night number one uh yeah the night number one was uh i was able to kind of get into the lead uh pretty early and um pull out you know about a van length or so he was still pretty close and was able to win the race but uh the next night yeah he was dialed in a little bit more than i was and uh he uh he led pretty much every lap of the race. I think I led a few at the beginning, but I kind of just followed him and watched him. You know, I wasn't, I really wasn't holding back too much. I was pretty much giving everything I had. And I was able to find a, a different line going into one where I'd go in high and come off low and hit a bit of moisture. Cause I knew towards the end of the main event, the line he was running, the moisture was just going to get higher and higher and he wasn't going to be able to run that high. So I knew mine would come into favor late in the race and, I started getting closer and closer, and with about two to go, I was really close. And, uh, yeah, coming off a two on the white flag lap, I was, you know, I did my normal line. I was starting to drift up, and he kind of spun it up a little bit. And when he spun up, it hooked, and it kind of springed him to the inside of the straightaway, and we kind of come together because, you know, at that point I'm drifting up, and he had he had spun up, and then it kind of like springed him towards me, and we bumped a little bit. I mean, it's just a racing move, you know. It, if you right. watch the video, he didn't even he didn't even move. But uh, you know, then I was able to go in low and kind of block, and it was a really close finish. Actually, a lot closer than I thought. But I mean, yeah, I definitely had to work for that one. It wasn't like uh, wasn't like Dallas by no means. He uh, it was pretty much everything I had to win that race. I wasn't like I said, I wasn't holding back. I wasn't trying to not show him my secrets. Uh, you know, it was uh, I didn't think I was gonna be able to get that win. Then he spun it up a little bit, and I was able to sneak by him, and yeah, it was all good. What I was thinking about is you're out there racing for wins. I don't think you're even thinking about the championship, but that just showed me how much you want to win a race is you, you're never giving up in any race, no matter what place you're in. No. Yeah. I, I think the, in the position I was in, I had a pretty decent points lead. And then Henry, even that he crashed and ended up not even making the main event. So, you know, I don't really think about the championship much. I'm there to win races. And the ultimate goal obviously is to win the championship, but I mean, how I got into the points lead was winning races, and so I always just try to do what I what I what I do, and that's right as hard as I can until the checkered flag comes out, and I, I don't change it unless you know I get told by a very important person I need to. <laughs> but I mean, even at Charlotte, it would have. I mean, that's 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 how I won the championship was just going for it 100. percent I don't. If I wouldn't have won that race, I don't think I would have won the championship. Maybe, but. 
I just wanted a sh- insurance that I I did, you know, and I just at this point in my career, I still just want to win races. I don't need to be conservative. I'm young. I just want to go for it, you know. That's so cool. The start was kind of rough for you at Charlotte. You're back in fourth or fifth coming out of turn number two. How did you, you know, pick your way up? And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, you're in the lead. So how did you do that? Yeah, for whatever reason, I was struggling at Charlotte with starts um, all day there. It didn't really show, you know, in the times we were second fastest, I think, to Max. Uh, I was struggling big time. I was having a lot of problems with my front end and you know, we actually got tested big time right before the uh, semi. My A bike wouldn't start, and we had to put all of our good settings over on our B bike, which, you know, uh, them guys, they've got the two bikes so similar that it wasn't, like, changing anything. Nothing was different, but still, you know, kind of a, you know, of course, at the championship race, the A bike won't start. <laughs> it's like, so, you know, it's uh, we definitely got tested a little bit as a team, but I was able to find a different line in the in the semi to go in really low and kind of let it drift up because i don't know why but for whatever reason i couldn't run the high line my uh i just couldn't figure it out like them guys were doing so i was going in low and letting it drift and it was working pretty well but yeah i couldn't get off the start i don't you know i I was having some problems and was able to make my way up to the front pretty quick and then uh, i was battling with uh, max he was leading there for a while then he dropped back and, and then cole was up there and me and Cole were back and forth for a while. And then Mishler got up there and me and Mishler back and forth. And he kind of pulled away with about five to go. And, uh, I knew I was, you know, them guys were really get dicey back there. Trent Lowe was starting to get up there and we were all like, you know, it's pretty much all out war. Like we were just back and forth, back and forth and I split away from them guys. And I knew I needed to get up to Mishler and they all kind of attached on with me and come up with me. And I didn't, I didn't realize that until I watched the video. Like we were all really close and, it was basically a, another Atlanta, you know, it was like a, we got really close basically in the, in the same spot um, on the racetrack and I was able to pass them and, and get the win. And, but it was like, you know, I, uh, it was basically the same thing as Atlanta. We got, you know, like I said, we got super close and I think the finish was even closer than Atlanta. So mm-hmm. uh, to clinch the championship, it was, you know, super cool. So we got the season finale this weekend at the Daytona Short Track. Uh, what what are you thinking about right now? Just to win the last two, or I mean, what's going through your head? Uh, I mean, it's always been just a dream of mine, just to even race at the stadium under the lights. They always had an amateur race there big week that I always did. It's been a few years since they've had it, but yeah, no pressure of winning the championship. But you know, I still would love to win in Daytona at the finale. Um, just such a cool place to race. Um, and obviously get a few more wins for the team just because we won the championship doesn't mean I'm just going to pull over. I still want to do good. And yeah, we're going to, we still show up to win for sure. Let's talk about Johnny Lewis for just a second. He had a, a pretty long post on social media and it was, it was a real heartfelt message. Talk about your relationship with him. Yeah. So uh, around uh, two, the end of 2012 and the beginning of 2013, my dad was uh Johnny's mechanic on the factory triumph. Um, and, uh, that year I got pretty close with Johnny. He hadn't started at school or anything yet. He was, you know, still full-time racer. So, uh, you know, kind of traveled around with him a bit. Then when we drifted away, um, you know, we started at school and I kind of got reattached with him a few years later. Um, he kind of helped me before amateur nationals a few times and, 
then around uh, 2018, 2019, I was going to turn pro. You know, I started spending a lot of time down at his facility, um, and he was basically my crew chief uh, my whole rookie season. And then basically before the 2020 season, I went and stayed at his property even longer than I had before. So, you know, we've grown as like more of a brother, brother, brother bond sort of, and then almost like a, like best friends. And then even kind of like, I don't like sort of father son deal, like where we're like really, we're super close. Like I look at him as like my big brother and stuff. And he had obviously got a lot of knowledge and yeah. And he, he uh, started the season with me, came to Volusia with me and uh, Indy. And obviously, I with the races he didn't come to, I was still texting him and asking him questions. But, yeah, he's basically like my right-hand man. And then he, you know, he has the Royal Enfield deal, but I still ride down and talk to him. And he come over to the truck. And, you know, after Charlotte, we talked, and that's where that picture was from. But. Yeah, he's uh he's basically just like a big brother to me. It's I've known him for a long time and you know, we're pretty close. That's awesome. Can can you share one piece of advice that helped you the most this season from Johnny? Um there's a lot for sure. He's uh he's given me a lot of good advice from being a racer to just being a being a a regular person, you know, uh, how to be successful in life and stuff. He's a very knowledgeable person, but I think um, on the racetrack, I think some of the best advice he's given me is just use your head. Um, every every race doesn't need to be raced like your last, you know. Um, just uh, you want to be uh, we want to be racing for the long haul, you know. Make this our job and just uh, don't do anything dumb on the racetrack and just be smart. I think that's some of the best. You know, he helped me kind of get over that hump of like. I'm trying to win the race every lap of the race where really I only need to win the race on the last lap. You know, like I don't need to, uh, that's, you know, that was like my problem. It all goes back to Volusia. He helped me get past that. And that's why I was able to win all these races and win this championship is, you know, I learned how to use my head during the race and think and not make dumb mistakes. And I think that's some of the best advice, you know, he really helped me with that for sure. I can definitely tell you've grown so much in this, you know, this season. We still have two more races left. Um, I know you're only 17. You have to be 18 to ride a twin. We've we've gone over that a few times, and and I just can't wait to see you on a twin. So, uh, that being said, what are your plans for 2021? Well, uh, 2021, I'm uh, going to be racing for Espenson on a single and the singles class again. I I signed a, you know, a deal a few years ago to race again next year. So. And then uh, I think about halfway through the season, I'm going to turn 18. Granted, the season goes normal like it should, um, hoping you know nothing else happens and we have another deal like this year. But the season goes normal. Halfway through the season, I'll hop on a production twin, you know, one of the Yamahas, and and ride that for half a year. Then uh, plans are um, not sure what's going to happen after that. We'll we'll see if we want to do a full year on production or go to the big twins class. You know, we're still talking. Uh, with my team about that but yes as of right now we're going to be racing full-time singles and then halfway through the year ride production twins it's going to be so cool to see out there with the number one plate because you definitely have earned it uh we have a question from across the pond our good buddy gary asks what do you think's going on with the estenson twins um to be honest uh i don't really pay attention much to what goes on over there just because you know we're so focused with 
what's going on with us. But, you know, they're just they're trying to develop a new bike. They're the only guys riding them. They don't have any help from anybody in the paddock except, you know, production guys ride them. But they're the only guys in the big twins class. And, you know, they're just they're trying to develop a new motorcycle, and it just takes time. I think they'll get it. You know, the, every weekend they're trying something different. And, unfortunately, you know, now we even have one less rider because Colby got some knee surgery. But that's so he can be back stronger. Um, you know, they're just uh, – they're just trying to develop a, a new bike, and it, it, if it was easy, then everybody would be trying to develop something new, you right. know. So uh, I don't think you can pinpoint one thing. I think they're struggling with a few things, but I mean, it's just it just takes time, you know. I get it. Maybe they'll have it all dialed in when you hop on board, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, so it's time for Graham's question. Of course, Graham's watched you since you're a little bitty kid, and she said she's seen you mature for years, and she wants to know what you're going to do this off season to relax a little bit and to celebrate your first AFT championship. Um, you know, I'm not a, I'm not big into having uh, big parties or whatever, or going places on long vacations. I just, uh, I think I'll just do my normal deal, hang out and at the house with the family. You know, we have our around my town we have a big annual pit bike race every year and that's uh the weekend after daytona so next weekend i'm going to do that hang out with some of my buddies and have some fun riding pit bikes and talking racing with some people get to celebrate with all my friends and and then uh actually a announcement for me i'm going to do the professional supermoto series uh which is I i think it's the weekend after that i'm not exactly sure so i don't really have much time to celebrate because i got to get out to arizona and and do that, which I'm really looking forward to. And then after that, we'll just start getting ready for next season. That's awesome. Is that going to be on an Essenson-backed Yamaha? Yeah, we're going to, you know, the whole team's behind it. Um, I, I obviously did Supermoto years back on a 250. So we're just, the, the way they're doing it, their series um, got all canceled when the coronavirus hit. So they're doing two days, two races each day to, have a champion for all their classes so it's it's four races in two days so you know it's not a lot we're gonna you know we've got stuff on the way some parts and stuff and we're gonna go try to take a swing at it i know there's some fast guys going i think johnny's gonna do it and chris fillmore and some of them guys so wow it'll be cool to race against some of them fast guys for sure that's really cool. You do have some supermoto roots. That's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'd heard on Tank Slapping Podcast that James Monaco is going to be in four wheels and, and is going to have a little sponsorship from Estenson, too. Have you heard that lately? Or you have, have you heard that news? Um, I did hear going around that they were going to build him a 450 engine for his, uh, his go-kart chassis, which I think is so cool. Uh, I was, I've been talking to Brad about him and, and his car racing, and it's it's so cool to see them guys you know, back into uh, – into some kind of racing, you know, it sucks the what has happened to him. You know, they're two great individuals, and we all hate to not see him on a motorcycle. But you know, like I was talking to Brad, and he says you still get that feeling even when it's car racing. It's kind of a new challenge for him, you know, trying to figure mm-hmm. out something else. But yeah, I think that's so cool that Tim's getting involved with with James's deal. James is a great guy, and I think he'll be great in a go kart for sure. It'll be exciting to watch. Absolutely. Well, man, you talk like you're, you're and I just want to say like a, a, a KG veteran. And I just want to say again, congratulations on your first AFT championship. Before we let you go, do you want to say thanks to anybody? Um, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd like to just give a big thanks to the whole essence of Monster Energy Yamaha team. Them guys, uh, they never, 
never ever stop working even after winning this championship we're still trying to figure out how we can win the race this weekend and just there's a lot of people behind the scenes i could sit here and rattle them rattle them all off but there's a there's a lot of people that deserve recognition and and the, they'll definitely get it but just uh just a big thanks to the whole team and everybody in the sport um everybody's you know it's cool to see how excited everybody was for me um you know we're all kind of a big family so it's cool to celebrate the championship there and uh definitely appreciate everybody's support over the years and looking forward to next year well thanks for always making time for off the groove and good luck in daytona yeah thanks Jody. 17 years old that kid is from talking to him you can't tell he is so sharp he's so with it and he's so in tune with what's going on around him crazy and he didn't turn 18 till like what halfway through next year that's nuts yeah june yeah it's insane um cool to, cool to hear that he'll be back on the singles right he signed that that deal that makes sense um and cool to hear he's gonna be throwing a leg over a twin next year even if it is production twins the coolest thing to hear he's gonna be racing some supermoto this offseason that's bad yeah, yeah at, how many at events least, do they at have at least two rounds okay at two. least two rounds right after uh right after we get done we're here at daytona he's gonna go back home race a, a race close by home and then the, the next weekend a national ama supermoto race no doubt he's gonna do well in that as well so uh be super cool to see i mean he's what he's already rode the dirt he's rode the pavement why not ride supermoto and get them both in there yeah, and he should do well. He's very good, a very good road racer. I know he's rode some supermoto stuff in the past, just probably not at this level. Yeah. Well, he's crushing everything else, so I'm sure he'll do fine here. Especially on Essence and Yamaha. Yeah, so of course. The big question, the big question is, are you coming to Daytona this weekend? Oh man, you put me on the spot. Right here in front of everybody. I might not make it down Friday. Um, what? I'm working, and I used Works all my overrated. I used all my PTO days to do the motocross stuff. I, I like. Uh, I, I thought you're I thought you're I had fired. this Friday off too, but I don't, and I went to go schedule it, and I don't have any more PTO days, so I miss Friday. Tell him you're sick. I'm, I'm going to be there Saturday, I think. We'll see. You think? You think? He's he's already making excuses that he's going to bail out. Folks. Yeah, I'm, you just gonna, heard it right there. I'm going to come. Thinks he's going to be there Saturday. Come on, man. I'm going to throw the blue flag right now. You're getting lapped. Ooh. You're out of here. I'm in. I'm going to be there. Trust me, I'll be there. I just don't know what I'm going to be doing. All right. Well, we'll see you this weekend. You will. You'll see me one way or the other. One thing is that we haven't mentioned yet. The awards ceremony is after the main event at the short track on Saturday night. Same day? Yes. Back to that, huh? Yes. So they're going to take the podium out of the infield of the short track and put it in the pit area so everybody can stay in their bubble. And then when the, whoever is receiving an award, when they come up, they have to wear a mask and they can, I don't know if we're interviewing everybody. I don't know the, the rules, the ins and outs yet, but uh, that's where the award ceremony is going to be at. I believe it's going to be on Facebook Live. So it'll be streamed. Correct. Cool. Okay. All right. Well, that's it. That's a wrap. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for all of our listeners. Thanks for uh, you know sharing our podcast our little fun podcast we do each and every week thanks for our patrons for signing up and and supporting us patrons and we'll see you next week Uh, carter i'll see you tomorrow or saturday you know whatever day it is friday if you call in sick i called in sick two weeks ago and i was really sick (laughs) i don't think i could pull that again we'll figure it out all right i'll be there we'll see you this weekend peace later